This is the Horse Radio Network. You're listening to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten, and I spent over 35 years coaching collegiate equestrian teams. There is one university that stands out in equine education. From its 200-acre campus in the heart of horse country, Midway University provides hands-on training to undergraduate students and offers programs in equine management, rehabilitation, and pre-veterinary science. For athletes, Midway provides scholarship opportunities on its hunt seat and Western equestrian teams. Now, for the first time, Midway is offering an online equine business and sales degree and an advanced equine MBA degree for students anywhere. Find out more at midway.edu. Welcome back, everyone, to the Athletic Equestrian Riding in College podcast. I'm your podcast host, Sally Batten. And uh, as you know, I hope you've been listening uh, and listening to various collegiate coaches and riders and organizations. Uh, Today, we're going a little bit outside the box, although if you've ever been to one of these events, you know there uh, there are lots of collegiate tie-ins. So I am thrilled to have with me Kogi Long, who is the president and owner of the Equine Affair, Inc. And we'll talk more, ask her more about what that is. And she has more than 19 years of experience with the company in a variety of areas. She joined the Equine Affair in 2003 as a member of the marketing department, where she facilitated numerous promotional projects. And if you're a horse person, I am sure that you have received some of the marketing items from the Equine Affair. Uh, Kogi manages the extensive program of clinics, seminars, and demonstrations and coordinates the Fantasia performers and production for each equine affair. She graduated from the University of Finley, where she earned a Bachelor of Science degree with a dual major in marketing and equestrian studies and a minor in operations and logistics management, which is super cool. I didn't even know there was such a thing. With a love for riding and training since her early childhood, she has primarily concentrated on dressage and hunt seat in her own life, and she continues to pursue her competitive career in dressage and trains and breeds warm bloods at her farm in Ohio. So welcome to the podcast, Kogi. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and it sounds like we're going to have a lot of fun. Yes, definitely. We have a a lot to talk about because I am a huge fan, as you know, of the equine affair. And well, but but we want to talk about you first. So so let's let's start off. Why don't you tell our listeners in case they're perhaps not near Massachusetts or Ohio, tell them what the equine affair is and uh, just you know, for somebody that's never been to one or seen one, tell tell everybody what it's all about. Sure. 
Um, well, Equine Affair is a four-day horse expo. Um, we have events in Ohio and Massachusetts each year, and we're really educationally driven. So we pride ourselves on an educational program that caters to all breeds and all disciplines and, and really all levels. So there's there's something for everybody to really learn at Equine Affair, um, whether you're learning more within your selected discipline or if you're kind of dabbling in um, other disciplines, there's there's always something to um, kind of take away, you might say, if you're mm-hmm. in, interested in the educational component of things. Um, we also have a large trade show um, in conjunction with our educational program. So typically we have about 300 plus vendors um, at each of our shows, and it is a shopping mega for the horse lover, mecca for the horse lover, um, anything and everything from tack and riding supplies to equipment to gifts to home decor, um, you name it. If it's horse related, it should be on the floor. Jewelry. Um, <laughs> jewelry. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Um, apparel. I mean, it's, it's really just a kind of a, a horse heaven for, for those of you and us um, who enjoy horses and, and really take part in, in that part of the industry. Um in conjunction with our trade show, we also have a breed pavilion where we showcase a variety of different breeds and their um, affiliated organ- organizations. Um, so live horses are available um, to kind of see, pet, learn about what their strengths are or weaknesses or, or mm-hmm. things like that. Um, also have horses for sale, um, an adoption affair, and our signature evening show, the Fantasia, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, our musical celebration of the horse, which really kind of ties everything together into a fun, fun night of sit back, relax, and enjoy everything that the horses bring to us. Right, and and you said you said mega at the trade show, and then mecca, and both those words apply because yes, exactly, it is. <laughs> yes, they do. It is unlike anything that, that I mean I, I've now been to other trade shows so so I get it but because I worked at Dartmouth uh even before I was a vendor and a clinician at equine affair I was uh um uh you know someone who went and did a lot of shopping for Dartmouth College and what you know took my <laughs> students went to a lot of uh clinics and and that sort of thing so so I'm a fan way back so why don't you why don't you talk just for a minute about how the equine affair got started and how you got involved in it sure well equine affair was founded in 1994 by a lady named Eugenia Snyder and um, she basically one of her other friends um, kind of they were bouncing back and forth and just came up with the idea of trying to bring the horse industry all together in more of a non-competitive environment. Mm. Um, so that's kind of was where the the brainchild or the the stem of developing the event kind of started. Um, and the first event was held in Dayton, Ohio in 1994. And then a couple of years after that, it outgrew that facility and expanded mm. into um, the Ohio Expo Center in Columbus, Ohio, where it still currently is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've also branched out into having the event in Massachusetts each year. Um, so it's it's really evolved over the years, um, kind of catering to what the industry wants and needs and really bringing a lot of different services to the industry. 
um, I became involved actually fresh out of college. Um, mm. After graduating from the University of Finley, I saw a job posting for their marketing department at Equine Affair and applied for the job and kind wow. of it stuck and I've been there ever since. So kind of worked my way around in a lot of different um, areas within the company. And so I have a, a really great feel for what it takes within each department to make things happen and um, have a wonderful team of employees that work hard and have a passion for really putting everything together. Wow. And you, you became the owner 19 years ago or no, 19 years. I became, yes, I've, I've been with the company 19 years. Um, I purchased the company in 2018 and um, at that point, Eugenia Snyder was ready to retire and looking to transition the company. And um, I was ready to step up to the plate and, and carry on the legacy, you might say. Wow. So amazing. So I want to, I want to talk more about the ins and outs of it, but talk about your minor in operations and logistics management at Finley. What, like, what, what does that mean? What does that get you ready for? Sure. Um, well, it was kind of an interesting, I wasn't initially planning on taking a minor in that, but um, I took a class in basically logistics and just the the moving parts and trying to make things efficient and things like that. And it really kind of fascinated me. Um, and the professor of that course kind of said, you know, you really could do a minor in this if you want to. So hmm. I um, pursued that. And it really, amazingly, it, it tied in very well with um, what I do now, just in terms of looking at things objectively and efficiently and um, making it all work when there are lots of different moving parts. Right. Right. Yeah, I can't, I cannot imagine. Now I've run, you know, intercollegiate national championships with 500 riders and all the, all those working parts, but the equine affair is so huge. Why don't you let, let our listeners know, kind of talk numbers for a minute, talk about how many people, you already said how many vendors, but, but talk about how many people come through the gates each year, just a kind of an average, both in Ohio and in Massachusetts? Sure. Uh, we usually have an annual attendance of around 60,000. Um, so it's a lot of people that come in through the gates at each event. Um, I would say we usually have 500 plus horses. Um, and wow. like, I, like I mentioned before, we usually have about 300 plus exhibitors. Um, so there are a lot of different different components that all come together to, to make it a really fantastic fun time. And, and um, how many people work for the equine affair? We have six full-time employees. So it's a very small course. Yeah. Staff. Wow. Um, but we, we are pretty dedicated and determined and work very hard to, to make it all happen and come together. But um, it is a small, small group of us, um, but we, have a pretty good system down and wow. are proud to, to make it all happen. And an army of volunteers, right? We do. Yes. We re heavily rely on our volunteers. Um, when we get to the event, there are just a lot of small um, and even larger tasks that really need to be done. And we really couldn't do it without our volunteers. Um, besides the volunteers, we also bring in uh, about 30 contract staff employees um, to help with running everything as well. So it's a, it's a good group, but it takes each and every one of us to really make it all happen smoothly. 
Wow. So, so where do you pull from for the volunteers? Are they just local or are they from like, like for Massachusetts, are they from all over New England or from Ohio? Are they kind of all, you know, from all over the, the Midwest? Cause I know, I know people come, you know, I've been at my booth through the years and people are like, Oh, I flew in from Atlanta or, <laughs> you know, people right. come from all yeah. over. So where do they the volunteers do. come from? Volunteers are, are similar to the attendees. I would say a majority are regionally based, but um, we do have some that, that fly in from all parts of the country and they just are proud to be a part of it and have fun doing it. Um, it, it really is, we kind of call it our equine affair family where we, we see a lot of the same people from year to year and um, get to know everyone um, as we go along. And so really geographically they're, there isn't any limit per se, um, but I would say mostly a regional um, for the volunteer group. Right. I, I would like to say a personal shout out to the parking people who you meet when you drive in and <laughs> they, they are taking your, they are so efficient and they're out there in the rain. And I, I won't say the snow. I don't think that it's been snowing yet uh, in mid November, but they they are so friendly and and uh, I, I just have to say a shout out to them for any of them that might be listening. <laughs> sure, no, that is fantastic. That really is one of the the more grueling jobs, I guess you might say, just because they are on their feet all day and um, keep that smile on their face. And uh, they they do have fun doing it, but at the same time, it's it's one of those tasks that just has to um, be done, and they right. work at it smoothly and and make it all happen and make it a great experience for everybody. Yeah. And, and kind of give our listeners an idea of, I want them to kind of have a feel for the sights and sounds because it, it is, it is so amazing. You know, you, you kind of, if, if you're a riding instructor or if you're a rider, you're kind of in your own little bubble, right? And then you go to the equine affair and talk for a minute about all the different buildings, talk about the sights and sounds, talk about the food trucks, talk about the entertainment, just kind of, kind of uh, give the listeners a little feel for it. Sure. Well, um, I guess starting from the educational aspect of it, we have six different venues that will have ongoing educational programming all day, every day through through the event. Um, so no no two sessions are the same. Um, we have non-repetitive scheduling. So really there's a lot of variety to take in. Um, three of the presentation areas, I guess you might say, are clinic arenas. So you'll see riding, driving, vaulting, you name it. If you can do it with a horse in an arena, it's probably on the schedule. Um, And then we also have some smaller venues, which we we have two demo rings, which allows us to bring a horse in in hand and do some of your more, um, not necessarily elementary, but some of your different, more detailed um, presentations, whether it's saddle fitting or Reiki or um, massage or even some of the body conditioning or things like that, those lend themselves well to the demo rings. And then we also have our seminar stage, which is more of a lecture type setting, um, more of your academic 
kind of straightforward PowerPoint type presentations, which can give you more in depth on some of your business related topics, mm-hmm. nutrition related topics, or sports psychology, all, all kinds of different options that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of our our educational program. There's a lot packed into those four days. Um, our trade show also encompasses about three buildings for, for main trade show exhibitors. And then we also have the Bree Pavilion, which is a separate building. Um, and then our horse and farm exhibits, which is the barn area. Um, so there's, there's a lot to see. Um, usually it takes people, if you really go from one end to the other, it can take you multiple days to really days. get through everything and see everything. So right. it's, it's a lot to absorb. Um, lots of horses, lots of hooves, Thinking on the the concrete, um, you'll hear knickers and nays here and there. Yeah. Um, and just kind of the, especially for the Massachusetts event, you get the kind of pre-holiday feel, you might say, right. um, where people are starting to think about shopping and um, staying warm and, and that kind of a thing, fuzzy horses. So it's, it's just a really feel-good type experience. And food. There's lots of fair food. <laughs> There is lots of fair food. Yes, absolutely. Lots of options there, whether you like potatoes or um, funnel cakes or (laughs) you never know what you're going to find. There's usually something fun and different. I think last year they had some hot donuts, which were uh, certainly a highlight for a lot of people. Um, Right. You just there, there are plenty of options inside and outside. Right, right. And talk for a minute about Fantasia, because um, talk about what kind of, I guess, acts you could say are in Fantasia, but then also I'd love to hear you talk about, cause I've always been curious, where do you find the acts? Do they apply to you? Do you reach out to them? How does, how does the whole Fantasia thing work? Sure. Um, well, it's kind of a special mix. So we try to feature a variety of different types of performers um, within each show. So we're, we're kind of looking for a, a variety and depending on who we have for different disciplines, that'll kind of dictate what we do for other things. Um, so this year, it's really shaping up to be a, a fantastic show. I'm really excited about it. Um, we have our Canadian cowgirls drill team from Canada coming. Mm, they're um, they have amazing. been with us for a number of years and yep. they are a precision drill team with lots of speed, lots of fun. It will be a lighted drill in the dark. So that adds even a little bit more of a, a fun, thrilling element to it. Yeah. Um, they will also be doing a bedtime story act, which will incorporate um, some therapeutic riding children from one of the local therapeutic oh, groups and awesome. it's just kind of a, a fun it's, it's called a bedtime story so it's kind of a a fun program where they they involve the kids and it's it's just kind of touching that way um something that really if you haven't seen something of that nature it's it's really really special mm-hmm. um in addition to that that's just one of the highlights we have many others um, we will have Ryder Kiesner and his wife, Bethany Ills. Um, Ryder is a four-time world champion trick roper. Oh. And his wife, Bethany, is a trick rider. So uh-huh. it'll have everything from fire whips and gunslinging to trick riding to um, 
right and the horses they, they really have done a, an amazing job across the country um, right now they're stationed out west and they're going to make the trek east for us so we're wow. super excited about that um, <clears throat> besides that we will have Elliot Holtzman who last year won the inner <clears throat> international Liberty Horse Association competition mm. um, and so in winning that, he earned a basically a spot in this year's Fantasia. So he will perform an Aladdin-themed um, routine for us. And Liberty, will... Liberty is what? Can you briefly explain that? <laughs> sure. Liberty is working your horse without any bridle, saddle. Just it's just you and the horse. Mm. Um, so he will he will probably have some ridden elements to it, but a lot of it will just be body language and cueing. Um, just invisibly, it's, it's amazing what they can do together. (laughs) Um, let's see other highlights. Caleb currency ash is coming from Florida and he is a bareback horseman who you, you won't want to blink because he will jump through fire. Um, kind of, kind of vaulting like, but, um, not your traditional vaulting. Um, he also does, a signature backflip from one horse to a horse behind it. Oh my um, gosh. While they're moving along. So it's, it's yeah, quite something to I, see. I try not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think most of us try not to, but if you're talented <laughs> enough to um, actually make it work, it's, it's quite impressive. Wow. Um, yes. So that, that should be a lot of fun. Um, I know a lot of people that come to the event also love to see the Icelandic horses. Yeah. Um, so we will have the Knights of Iceland this year coming back um, with their performance drill team and a few other kind of fun twists and turns um, <clears throat> incorporated into their performance this year. And so that, be- yeah. So all those acts that that adds a whole nother dimension to planning. Like, how do, mm-hmm. do you have one person that their sole job is coordinating the Fantasia? Like you know, like literally, okay, you know, you're five minutes out or, or whatever. I can't even imagine. <laughs> sure. We do have um, a, a Fantasia producer on site who basically orchestrates the, the show um, in terms of her name is Roberta Williams. Um, she's been with us for a long time at this point. I want to say probably 15 plus years. And she is the queen of basically making sure we have everything in order we have basically another person stationed in our warm-up ring say okay you're you're 10 minutes out you're five minutes out okay it's time to go that kind of a thing um but roberto will will kind of keep track of that she'll also stay in touch with the sound and lights operators so it's yeah it's a lot to coordinate in in that role for sure yeah well and and i have to say that you know, as long as I've been in the horse industry and I've been to horse shows and I've been a competitor, I've been, you know, all kinds of things. One year at Fantasia, the lights went down pitch dark and the spotlight goes on a woman that was doing a, a musical freestyle and the mm-hmm. the horse was all glittered up and and, you know, just like over the top glitter and sequins and the spotlight went on her and I started crying. (laughs) Right. You know, no, it, 
And my daughter is like, Bob, what, what is going on? But, but it was just, I was just so at that moment, it was almost like I was so touched that I'm involved with these magnificent animals, you know, and, and that, that I get to be a part of this. So and and that that Coliseum mm-hmm. is packed. I don't know how many it, it seats. How many does that Massachusetts Coliseum seat? It's close to four thousand. So yeah. it's, it's not a huge Coliseum, but it's it's still plenty of people, and it it just gives you that warm, connected feeling. Yeah. I guess you might say, especially when, like you mentioned, when the lights go down, yeah, um, you can just kind of feel everybody take a breath and wait in anticipation of what's going to happen next. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, everyone, everyone come, uh, come and, and stay all day. And I know a lot of people come for all four days and they, they go do. to, mm-hmm. to all the clinics and events and they, you know, they have either certain disciplines, but maybe even they're seeing something that, uh, they haven't seen before. And, uh, I'll, I'll speak for myself many years. I've, I've had a booth for a long time since like 2011. And I, it's really been fantastic for me, a marketing tool for my athletic equestrian league, because how else would I see 60,000 people, right? You know, even if you put an Mm -hmm. ad in a magazine, they're discipline specific or, or whatever. So I started out with the booth and then I started, um, you know, I did the seminar about riding in college and did the PowerPoint. And this year for the first time, and I'm so happy and thank you to you and Lori and everybody that makes these decisions, but I'm doing mounted clinics for the first time. And I'm doing one called the Athletic Equestrian that's based on my book, but I'm doing another one called Equisize. So so Equisize is mounted exercises for the rider. But it's not discipline specific. You know, it it can be a dressage mm-hmm. rider. It can be, I don't think I had any Western riders apply, but it can be a Western rider. And um, so that might be something that somebody that's a Western rider will come see, you know, even though it's not specifically mm-hmm. Western focus. So, so that's exciting too. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think it's going to be wonderful. And that's kind of, part of the beauty of, of, of the event itself at Equine Affair um, is just, it's not pigeonholed into one specific discipline or, or area. You can kind of pick and choose and maybe pull some tidbits from a Western clinic or a dressage clinic or a driving clinic that, that works right. for you and at your, your place. So. Right. Right. And when, when you look at the daily schedule, they can go online. What, what's the website that where they can find you? Website is equineaffair.com. And affair has an yes. E on it, so we need to mention it does, that. Yes. Yes. Ideally that that will get you where you want to go. Um and then once you're at Equine Affair, if you click on the Massachusetts um event dates at the top, or if you scroll down and click on the Massachusetts event, it will take you to um all of the fun features and activities that we have in store. And how much are tickets to to watch, to go participate? Sure. Tickets are 18 a day or $55 for a four-day pass. Okay. Um, Youth are $12 a day. 
and the facility does charge uh, a daily fee for parking. Okay. And can you buy those online or do you buy them day of? Either way. Um, Tickets are available in advance on our website. Um, Just click on the tickets page. And so you can purchase your tickets in advance on the website. We do have digital tickets, so you can save them to your phone or print them out and we can scan them from there. Um, Or if you prefer to wait and purchase them when you get there, that's an option as well. Um, Whatever works best for um, your individual needs. I will say, though, if you're interested in going to Fantasia, I would purchase those tickets in advance because it typically does sell out. Absolutely. And and there are events. Uh, What are the hours again? On Thursday through Saturday, we will be open from 9 to 7 and then on Sunday from 9 to 5. Right. So there are events there, there, the schedule, just so everyone knows you can go on. Is is the schedule up yet online or not yet? It is. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is. So the the schedule's up. Yeah. So I suggest everybody goes to it, takes a look. Um, But basically there are probably five or six different places where all these uh, clinics and seminars happen and it's just all day long. I mean, it's it's mind blowing <laughs> to look at the <laughs> at the schedule and and see what all there is going on. It, yes, there there is a lot going on, and I would recommend that if you think you want to kind of visit some of the different seminars or or clinics, that you kind of look at the schedule in advance, so you kind of know where you want to go. So you're not overwhelmed when you get there and trying to make decisions at that point. Right, right. And we should mention again, even though you said it in the beginning, the shopping is unbelievable. It's not only things that you need, it's things you, that you didn't know that you needed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You will you will find those when you when you walk by some of the booths and they just kind of catch your eye and you're like, oh, I think I do need that. So right, <laughs> it's right. Kind of fun. And, and it's sort of invention marketing things that you, you you think you've seen it all and you come across a different way to do your cross ties or or you know whatever mm-hmm. whatever the different things are that are scattered around in all of the vendor areas yes exactly exactly you kind of have the opportunity to see the latest and greatest and the newest innovations and and things like that so it's it's a wonderful place to really showcase your products or go see what is new Right, right. So in in our final minutes here, Kogi, can you talk about kind of your experience? Like, how did you start riding? Where did you grow up? And and how did you decide on University of Finley? What was your college search like? (laughs) Sure. Um, Well, I grew up on a small farm in northern Michigan, um, in the Traverse City area. And I actually had a Norwegian Fjord as my main horse growing up. And I did a lot of um, trail riding and also dressage with him. Uh Um, My parents also had a horse-powered cider mill, which we used the fjords to power. Um, So I had a kind of a unique opportunity there to to use the horses in in a business-type setting. um, Horse-powered cider mill. What does that mean? Yes. So basically the horses would walk in about a 20 meter circle um, and they were attached to traces. And by walking in that circle, that created the power to um, basically make a 
whole series of gears turn and that lowered the cider press. So oh. um, they, they had a, they had a job, you might say. Wow. Um, it was about a 20 minute walk to, to bring the press down and then about another 15, 20 minutes to bring it up. Huh. Um, but they, they loved their job and cause they, got plenty of apples to go with it. But, <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so, yes. So that was, I guess, one of the unique things in my my childhood or upbringing, you might say. Um, and just being connected with horses that way, I, I knew I wanted to continue in the equine industry in, in some capacity. Uh-huh. So I did visit a, a variety of different um, colleges in my pursuit to select where I wanted to go yeah, and um, ultimately ended up going with Finley, although there were lots of great options. Um, but Finley <clears throat> was a great experience for me from both the educational aspect and then also the, the intercollegiate portion of it as well. Right. And you, you were a uh, um, national champion at, in the IHSA? I was, yes. Mm-hmm. IHSA and, in Hunt Seat. And then I also was on the um, dressage team, the IDA team, and was reserve champion um, one year there too. Wow, that that is cool. So, um, what do you like to do besides horses and running the equine affair? I would imagine you're quite busy, <laughs> but uh, it what does else do you seem like? quite busy. Yeah, what um, else do you like I to also, do? Sure, I also enjoy showing dogs. Um, I have oh. mastiffs. So nice. we we show and, and breed mastiffs and have, have fun with that. So between the dogs and the horses and equine affair, I don't have that much downtime, but I like right. to stay busy. So right. it's, it's enjoyable. Right. Well, thank you so much, Cody. Thanks for talking about you and your background. And, and especially thank you for talking about the equine affair, because I am super excited Uh for the Massachusetts. And I I think I'm also going to have a booth at the Ohio for the first time. So that'll be fun too. And uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Casanova College is a small co-educational college located in upstate New York, offering a liberal arts and professional studies education with over 35 academic programs. Our 240-acre Equine Education Center is home to the nationally ranked Intercollegiate Equestrian Team and the IACBE Accredited Equine Business Management Program. Our equestrian team is one of the best in the region with a long history of success at intercollegiate and rated competitions in hunter seat, western horsemanship, reining, and dressage. The team competes in IHSA and IDA-sanctioned events. Our world-class equine facility houses over 70 horses, a large heated indoor arena, multiple grass and sand outdoor riding arenas, and turnout paddocks. For more information, visit www.casanovia.edu slash cas-equine. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Equestrian Podcast. If you'd like more information on this podcast or any of our other podcasts, you can contact me at athleticequestrian at gmail.com. This podcast was produced by Jack Boyatoff, and the music is by Kitcher.